The views expressed by speakers are their own and may not necessarily represent the views of the IMS. Hello, I'm Dr. Marla Shapiro, and I sit on the Board of Trustees of the International Menopause Society. And today I am very excited to have Dr. Cynthia Stunkel join us. Cynthia is going to introduce herself in a moment, but this year for World Menopause Day, what was highlighted was cardiovascular disease. And every year we put out a white paper, and Dr. Stunkel is the author of this white paper. So please introduce yourself to us. Thank you so much. Um, I'm an internist, endocrinologist, a menopause guru for my entire career, and um, I'm very excited to have been asked to participate in this realm. It's really a melding of my interests. And so um, I think it's, first of all, important to let uh, women know what we mean when we say cardiovascular disease. Yeah. And so this includes um, the heart, the brain, the vessels. So this could be a heart attack, a stroke, blood clots, and other variations within that. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about the importance of cardiovascular disease. So many women in around the menopause are driven in because of symptoms, but they don't necessarily recognize that now that they're transitioning into this phase of their life, they're also transitioning into a higher cardiovascular risk strata. So let's remind women what their risk factors are, both the common ones and now the other ones that we're thinking about in terms of our estrogen and through our lifespan. Yeah, we can really tie some of those together because fortunately the research has been able over the last 25 years to follow women from their healthy menstrual cycling days through postmenopause, and we really have learned what's due to age and how menopause does contribute. So we learned that menopause, even before we stop menstruating, women are having a bump in their low density lipoprotein cholesterol. So their cholesterol is going up. We learn now that we thought high blood pressure or hypertension, an important risk that was due to aging, we thought for about a third of women is tied into going through menopause. That's some new information. Um, we learned that, and most women can tell you this, we learned that the body fat in our bodies moves around. Mm -hmm. I always say every, any woman can tell you this, but any, but woman. <laughs> any woman can tell you this, but women start to notice fat accumulating on their abdomen, on the front part of their abdomen. And that we know that fat can also accumulate around our hearts and our liver. And we think now that this fat is not just you know, blubber on our bodies. This is metabolically active tissue that can contribute to inflammation and to heart disease. And so this is also something that we know is happening uh, during this transition. And we know that women who have early menopause, so premature menopause before age 40, early menopause before age 45, also seem to have a tendency towards an increase in blood sugar or diabetes. And so these really are the big three, the cholesterol, the blood pressure, the blood sugar. These are the big risk factors that traditionally, and, and things like smoking and some other lifestyle variables like uh, eating well and exercising. One thing that women may not think about is, and which you are highlighting, which is so important, is what happened on my road to menopause? What happened with my menstrual cycles? What happened with my pregnancies? Mm -hmm. How does that influence heart disease? Because this is a concept that's new for women. This is one of the things that I really wanted to emphasize this year. Um, under the umbrella of cardiovascular disease, I really wanted to shine a light 
on what we call reproductive milestones. And that just says that as we go through life, we start menstruating, we may or may not menstruate regularly, pregnancies occur. And it turns out, and I think the, the emphasis on this has really just been realized in the last five years or so, that women with irregular menstrual cycles, particularly those who have polycystic ovary syndrome, appear to be at higher risk for heart disease as they age. Women who have had difficult pregnancies with hypertension or high blood pressure, preeclampsia, also called toxemia of pregnancy, or uh, gestational diabetes, high blood sugar associated with pregnancy, can have a two or threefold increased risk over time. So these things are important. And you know, we change doctors through the years, we change providers. Mm -hmm. So it's important that as women, you know, when our doctor talks to us about our history, we say there are a few things that I've just learned that are important for me to let you know right. about right. my pregnancies, about my past. Um, maybe women had their ovaries out for, let's say, endometriosis early. This would increase their risk. So just really tuning in to what's been going on. Uh, we know anything that shortens our reproductive lifespan from about, let's say, we start our periods at age 12 and we go through menopause about age 52. It's about a 40 year length. Anything that shortens that substantially is associated with an increase of heart disease, heart failure, diabetes. Um, and so we're learning that it's so important that we are on top of this so we can institute, we can uh, target women and make sure they're getting all the preventive care that we have in our toolkit to offer them. And this is so important because I think women are now more aware about smoking and diabetes and cholesterol, but don't necessarily think about the fact about my reproductive cycles. And so this is so important for you as a woman listening that you bring this information to your healthcare provider. The other thing that was highlighted in your white paper was also the role of breast cancer and breast cancer treatment in relationship to heart. So let's talk about that for a moment. I think this can come as a surprise to a lot of women. And we know that when we ask women, what health concern are you most concerned about? They don't say heart disease, they say breast cancer. So we're very tuned in as women to breast cancer. What we have learned is that number one, um, some of the same risk factors for heart disease will increase our risk of breast cancer. So if you're not motivated to save your heart, maybe you're motivated to reduce your risk of breast cancer more. But then we've also learned that the treatments for breast cancer that are very effective and help women eradicate, wipe this disease out can increase heart disease risk. So for example, we know that some of the chemotherapies that we use can wipe out the function of our ovaries. So women can go through a very early menopause. That's number one. We know that some of, uh, some of the same drugs for chemotherapy can have a very negative effect on heart function that can lead to heart failure later uh, in life. We know that radiation therapy, uh, especially left-sided breast cancer radiation therapy can increase the risk of heart disease. Somehow the re radiation uh, causes inflammation of the coronary arteries. And these women can have about a two and a half fold increased risk of heart disease. And the third thing would be some of the, what's called the adjuvant therapies, things like tamoxifen, uh, the aromatase inhibitors that we use to really try to hold down the risk of breast cancer, prevent breast cancer in the second breast can also increase blood pressure, metabolic syndrome, and ultimately heart disease. So um, if a woman has gone through this, it doesn't mean she's going to have a problem with heart disease, 
but it really means we need added vigilance. We need to watch okay. carefully to make sure what's going on with her. And some people think that even when we have women initiate their treatment for heart failure, um, I'm sorry, for breast cancer, depending on what kind of treatments they're getting, that they might want to get tuned in with a cardiologist right away to keep an eye mm -hmm. with things like an echo test that looks at how the heart functions as a pump to make sure things are staying okay. So for women listening, give us the hit list in terms of what they should be doing in the never too late approach to reduce your risk for heart disease? I think one of the things that we can do is be proactive with our care provider. Say, I just heard this incredible talk and now I'm thinking about my risk for heart disease. Mm -hmm. So what is my blood pressure? What is my cholesterol? What is my blood sugar? Do I need to get added treatment for these? Can you connect me with a center to help me stop smoking? Um, I'd like to get some more exercise. Are there any programs here that can help me, you know, really build this into my day-to-day -day routine? Could I see a nutritionist? Because I know my diet is not so good and I could really improve it. And really kind of say, let's talk about my heart risk if that's not coming up. And I think just starting there with that awareness will help so much. And the last question before I let you go is that, you know, we often think of that archetypal man, you know, squeezing in his chest, squeezing chest pain, mm -hmm. and that's when you have to be aware. As women, we often talk about some of the symptoms are softer, more subtle, maybe different than just chest pain alone. So for women to know what those might be. Good. Uh, um, from that point, I did want to say, though, that some in some centers, we've done such a good job informing women about our special symptoms that they sort of don't think the regular symptoms apply to them. So yes, crushing pain, an elephant on your chest, can't breathe, sweating like crazy, nausea, that can be just like a man in a woman. So please don't disregard those. But women can have, so I like the way you said it, softer symptoms. They might just be like incredibly fatigued, like, oh my God, I am so tired. They might be nauseous. They might have pain in funny places like their back or um, their jaw or their shoulder that they go, this doesn't really seem like the kind of down the left arm sort of things that I'm thinking about. And so even dizziness sometimes can be on the list for women for uh, heart disease. So my advice is always give yourself the benef benefit of the doubt because time is really important. So don't say, I'm gonna take two aspirin and go to bed and see how I feel in the morning because once your heart muscle is damaged, you really don't, right. really can't recover it. So get, call 911 or you know get yourself to a hospital to be evaluated. And when you get there, say to the physician that's seeing you in the ER, could this be my heart? Because right. sometimes they're not thinking about it. So ladies, yeah. I think we have to really step up on our own behalf and advocate for ourselves in this situation. I think this has been terrific. I mean, you know, menopause is the doorway to the second half of your life. It's a good time to take inventory of your cardiovascular. And now more information to think about what came before that can influence what's about to come. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you.